This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello and welcome to Just for Kicks, the show where we break down the important election news in Malaysia. Uh, No, that's not true. Oh my God, it's been terrible. But we finally have relief from it in the form of football. And we're going to be looking at the game that happened last night. We're going to be looking at the three games that are happening tonight. And then we're going to go through the last remaining four groups in the World Cup and, and get a sense of who's going to win, who's going to lose. And our two, two pundits today, we have Arvin Sidhu. Hi, everyone. So much going on camp, but it's good to be here. All right, it's good to have football. And Asran Rosain. Hey, good morning, Malaysia. Really looking forward to the rest of the games in the World Cup. So um, Arvin has said he's going to watch every single match of this World Cup. Asran, are you planning to do the same? As much as possible, as many games as possible, for sure. Okay, let's let's go with the opening match, the one we've all been waiting for. Qatar nil, Ecuador two. Arvin, Qatar were pretty terrible. <clears throat> they were. Um, I thought it was the actual breeze for Ecuador. Ecuador literally breezed past the host. And this is a host, it's the first time a host has lost an opening game of, of the World Cup, which doesn't bode well. Even South this, Africa, I can't remember. I'm... No, no, South Africa won their, their first game. And I think they, 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 this was the first loss, but the only other team that has not gotten stage is South Africa. And Qatar might be that one that follows that same trend as well. And this was an important game for Qatar because besides being the home nation, you've got tougher obstacles to come in Senegal as well as the Netherlands after this. But I, I felt they really struggled in the first half. Dude, their coach, Felix Sanchez, had said that they basically, there weren't many mistakes, but I thought there were. But he did speak about them being very nervous and it came across that they were very nervous. They were overplayed passes. They could barely get into the attack. They didn't have a sh- single shot on goal for the entire game. They had a couple of half-decent chances, but I think Ecuador allowed them to have those half-decent chances. Game started off really well, though. I thought it was a good advert for, for the World Cup. There was a controversial VAR call at the beginning, but it was the right call. A couple of meaty challenges on both sides, but Ecuador showed their class. They showed that they've been there, and the one player that has the only player that's played in the World Cup, Anna Valencia, among all 22 that started last night, he got the double goals. But tough start for Qatar, and I don't think it's going to get better for them. Asran, uh, we're going to jump ahead in matches now because, but let's cover this because the Dutch, I think, will be uh, looking forward, and indeed Senegal as well, be looking forward to playing Qatar. Senegal and the Netherlands will be playing at midnight tonight. Who do you think is going to prevail in this one? I think it's going to be the Netherlands, especially with um, Senegal missing arguably the best and, and most influential player in Sadio Mane. So Holland, they haven't won the World Cup, so uh, they were expected to do well. And Dutch team has got enough experience, especially, I mean, the, the previous European Championships, uh, there were a lot of people expecting them to go far. Unfortunately, they, 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 didn't, they weren't able to uh, get past through the quarterfinals. So when it comes to this one, they've got a bit of experience. They've got good players, good young players coming through. So uh, I believe Holland will win. There's a number of uh, really interesting players that I, I, I am really excited to see uh, in the Dutch national team, really. Yeah, no Sadio Mane, sadly. For, Fortunately. Uh, yeah, that's very sad. It's always, it's always sad when great players miss out. And I think Sadio Mane is, is the great player this time. So, uh, Arvin, uh, the match that... Um, 
Well, nine o'clock tonight, England versus Iran. Who do you? How do you think that one's gonna go? I got, I got nil nil. It's nil nil all over this one. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I feel England will slightly edge this one. There's a couple of injury worries for Garrett Southgate. Basically, um, Kyle Walker isn't isn't fit to play, and James Madison as well as one. But you would expect the class of England just to kind of have a little bit more on the attacking side of things. Uh, the household names need to show up. Uh, a front three or potentially uh, Foden, Kane and Sterling, uh, I believe will give challenges to the Iran backline. Uh, there are a couple of, couple of interesting players in, in, in Iran with uh, Ali Reza Jahad Baksh, who's a very um, familiar name. Uh, and then the, at the left back, we were discussing over the weekend, who's the Iran left back? It's yeah, like I, I, I posed the yeah. question. It's like, and you knew. And he's going to make his 120th plus appearance for, for, for Iran. He's the captain of Iran as well. But I just expect uh, England to be dour, to not be very exciting, but just a slight quality will get through them for this game. Yeah, because Gareth Southgate, uh, sort of, you know, tournament management is to start down slow and and kind of get a bit slower. And so in Carlos Quirosh, you've yep. got the immovable object, Asran, uh, versus Gareth Southgate, the it, the not moving object. Um, it's, is it, are there going to be any goal chances by by any side, especially Iran? I mean, are they going to uh, challenge? No, probably England's going to win 1-0 through a hurricane penalty. Uh, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if that happened. Okay. Um, Harry Kane's, I remember Harry Kane's best goal in the last World Cup was when it bounced off his backside, and I thought that was uh, that was pure class. And you like those sort of goals, don't you? Ken? I do, I do, I do. <clears throat> um, okay, let's move forward to the other match in, in that group, which is 3 a.m., USA versus Wales. At different times in the lead-up, the USA fans have been optimistic and then pessimistic. They're not feeling too good now, Arvin. Can the USA... I don't know. I, I can't see much of a difference between these two. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I put this down as a draw because, I mean, with England's favourite for the group, this is the battle for second place, which I think will come extremely, extremely close. Uh, both sides have got a certain reliance on players that they expect for them to kind of make the goals or score the goals. But the U.S. haven't had a great run-up to the World Cup, I mean, in terms of their results. You would expect Brendan Aronson to hopefully provide some creativity. Tyler Adams is the new captain that's been nominated. But when you have someone like Christian Pulisic that hasn't had the greatest of first 14 games in the in the league, it's a struggle for them. And then on the other side of things with Wales, uh, you've got the Gareth Bale, which they expect, and we've seen what he can do. Dan James as well. Kiefer Moore. That's a name to look out for. That's the one that's looking to bully all the defenders, a six foot four striker who's kind of set his model, his career after Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and nothing would make him more happier than to knock England out of the group. So the USA have got a very, very big, potent striker to deal with in Kiefer Moore. But I put this down for a 1 1 because I just feel both teams have so much reliance on just a very small core players to kind of help them get through a win. Asran, do you concur with that? Uh, do you think? Wales may still have the slight edge. Yeah, I, I agree with Arvin in the sense that this game would probably define uh, who's going to be runners up to England uh, in the group because obviously England are overwhelming favourites. Uh, I don't think Iran is strong enough to go second. So it's definitely between US and Wales. Greg Berhalter has chosen quite a really young squad for this World Cup. I think for the US, it's more of a preparation towards hosting the World Cup when they want to put in a proper experienced squad then in four years. So for this time around, 
I would say the onus is on Wales uh, to lose it. So I would say I would see Wales winning it, shading it just by a bit. Uh, as Arvin mentioned, the six foot four striker will probably try his best to score uh, on set pieces in particular corners. So it's a it's a win for Wales for me, and Wales to be runs up to England um, for a second spot in the group. It's such an emotional team, and I, I mean, I'm wondering, do you think either either do you think Gareth Bale will do something like you know just incredible that'll just set the world alight. He will. He will. We saw what he did in the MLS Cup and we've seen what he's done in previous World Cups as well as qualifiers. He's he's that one player that's world-class in that team. But a world-class player can, can do as well as he can, but he needs a good supporting cast behind him. And when you look at the likes of Joe Allen and Aaron Ramsey and Nico Williams at, at left-back, they're good players, but are they at that level to be able to really give him the output that he needs? This Will squad doesn't score a lot of goals, but if anything, Bale will be the one that will be involved or scoring in them, but the supporting cast is key for them. Um, so I, I just put this down as a draw, but I think that, that the deciding second team will be basically who gets a result against England further down the line. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick, uh, quick break here, and uh, when we come back, we're going to go to the last four groups, go through them, and see who we think uh, will be the standout teams there here on Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. Just for Kicks on BFM eighty nine point nine. And we're back on Just for Kicks with Arvin and Asran, and we're going to go through the final four groups: groups E to A, B, C, D, E, F. GH to H. And uh, we start with Group E, which is Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. So, Azran, Spain, obviously the big name there. This is definitely for me the group of death. Every single tournament will have a particular type, type group. And this is one, this is for me the group of death in the World Cup because you've got the Mannschaft. Well, they've changed their name because it sounded a bit too arrogant, no? The team, the Mannschaft. Now, I think they call themselves the National Mannschaft, which is the national team, which is a bit more <laughs> sensible, I suppose. So, you know, you, you know the Germans, I mean, there's a saying that football is a game of 22 men chasing the ball and the Germans win in the end. Uh, uh, they're on strong. Penalties, uh, on penalties, that was guaranteed. On penalties, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, let, let me talk about Germany first. I think Germany, probably the big question mark about the team now is who's going to start up front. Is uh, Hansi Flick going to go with Kai Havert, who's been good, but this year is a bit underwhelming together with the Chelsea squad, uh, three, only three goals this season, or go with the informed strike of Niklas Fulkrug of Werder Bremen, who scored uh, something like 10 in 13 or 14 matches. So that's a big question. And obviously, he's got also another alternative in Thomas Müller, who's always uh, has done well in the World Cup. No? So uh, again, personally for me, I, I, I really want to see all these young players, uh, you know, that we don't see very often suddenly shining in the big stage. So I really would like to see Niklas Fulkrug playing. Um, so Germany, uh, first game against Japan. Uh, Japan, I wouldn't write off Japan because Japan, we know what we're going to get. It's a good team of young players who's going to fight till the end. Uh, obviously, I think Japan will probably uh, target a, a draw. Uh, I'm excited again. Another player that I'm excited to see from Japan is uh, Kubo, the Japanese Messi, you know, who's who was in Barcelona, went to Real Madrid, went on loan a couple of times, and now I think uh, finally settled down in Sociedad and he's, he's playing pretty well. So, uh, yeah, uh, good game, but I see Germany just just shading it and uh, yeah, probably topping the group because that's probably the second place in the group. It's a fight between them and Spain, arguably. And Spain, ever since they won the World Cup in 2010, 
hasn't won games since. It was a disastrous showing for them in 2014. But now four years on, they've got Luis Enrique, who's experienced. They've got a good team of really experienced personnel like uh, Busquets and Jordi Alba and also the young uh, young uh, Barcelona uh, duo of uh, Pedri and Gavi. So it's interesting to see how this youth and experience combine. But even in the first game, they face a team that's really sort of improved tremendously. You know, Costa Rica, something like they've improved 14 spots from number 45 in the FIFA World Cup ranking. FIFA World, FIFA World ranking to number 31 is where they are now, I believe. I know that the manager, Luis Suarez, uh, throughout, I think he's only been manager for a couple of years and yet he's chosen 77 players uh, to yeah. represent Costa Rica. So the question is, does he know his strongest 11 and can they create any sort of upset against like of Spain and Germany? So it's a really, really interesting group to see. My bet is probably on uh, Germany to go first and Spain going second. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, Arvin, Spain. Spain uh, normally, you know, takes <coughs> its players from combination of Barcelona and Real Madrid, your your favorite team, and uh, and yet they have their own in recent years, anyway, their own playing identity. <laughs> How do you think uh, Spain will line up, and uh, and do do they have a goal scorer? That's that's always been the challenge. I mean, Luis Enrique has taken, I think, about eight Barcelona players. He's taken very few Real Madrid players, but you're still depending on the likes of Alvaro Morata to get you the goals. Uh, Ansu Fati, who I, I I think is a brilliant player, but has been besieged by injury. Whenever he comes on for Barcelona, he does something and creates something. But then you ask yourself the questions: um, Has he had enough of playing time before this World Cup? Quite frankly, he hasn't. Uh, but this is an imp- a very, very important World Cup for Spain because like what Astran said, they crashed out in the group stages in the last two World Cups. Um, it's quite a common known that this would be Enrique's potentially last tournament with Spain. And he's a manager that's not devout of any confidence. If you read his press conferences, you read his interviews, he's always said, I'm the best manager in the world. I'm the one that can, can deliver it for Spain. And they, there were signs that they were slowly starting to get back to their best. I mean, I think they, re, they when they reached the semis at, at Euro 2020, the delayed Euros, obviously, they were runners-up in the Nations League as well. So there's signs of that. And, and, and they will pass you to death as they, all, they always have because that blueprint has been there for many, many years. But can they get enough goals to take you through? That might be a challenge. I, it's quite interesting that Australia feels that this is a group of death. I think the final group is the group of death, but this will be a very, very tough one as well, in my opinion. You know, the uh, the fact that Spain doesn't have, uh, I mean, Murata blows hot and cold, but it's, uh, it's a struggle to find in all of this out-and-out strikers in any country, really. Spain in particular seems to consistently fail to produce strikers. And... And you go across to a country like Argentina, they love creating really good uh, midfielders, but who, who growing up in Argentina would say, hey, I want to be the goalkeeper. And uh, I don't know, it's like um, Germany, Miroslav Klose, not there anymore, who takes over that space. Oh, Arvin, Japan, Azran was, uh, eh, they got their chances, but as an Asian team, really does. Japan not stand a chance? No, they do. I mean, there's no reason why they can't. And even Costa Rica, let's not forget that Costa Rica, a couple of couple of tournaments ago, they've knocked out big teams as well. They've knocked out Italy along the way. They've gone further in tournaments. There's no reason why Japan can't 
I mean, uh, if history is anything to, to go by, they've done they've done well and get gotten out of the group stage for the past couple of World Cups. Um, they will be the Blue Samurai will be targeting a last sixteen. Don't get me wrong, because they they are heads and shoulders above the rest that Asia has. But you just look at the quality and experience that Germany and Spain has. It's gonna take Japan to have that one really really big win an unexpected win against the biggest the bigger two opponents but then there's any reason why they can anything can happen in 90 minutes uh takumi minamino the liverpool boy will be japan's biggest threat they have a chance but i just feel that going into how the nation's leagues have shown and how the progression that germany and spain have shown i just think it's it's a bridge too far this time around very unfortunate that they're in this group in my opinion yeah, Japan had that amazing win against who was it last time? And they, they went on the break, and oh, who was it? Uh, that a big win. Uh, I can't remember. Hey, let's move ahead to Group F, um, the group of old people: Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. Asran, Belgium um, have been in recent years FIFA World Ranking number one, and they've got. I don't know. That golden generation is surely coming to end. I don't know. Is Fellini still? Uh, for, uh, still playing they still have De Bruyne but what are their chances in this group okay so talking about I think you're right uh, I think this is a group where you've got two aging golden, golden generation not just Belgium we've got Kosha in the group uh, with their golden generation uh, if we were to ask ourselves four years ago uh, especially in the first game no, which is Belgium against Canada it's definitely an easy sort of decision Belgium would definitely trounce Canada but now uh, as mentioned with the aging golden generation issues with um, Lukaku's fitness and form uh, they've got not just Lukaku again across the team they've got issues with fitness uh, Belgium right? so it's not as straightforward as that Unfortunately, though, for Canada, I know it's their first World Cup since what I mean, in the, since the 80s, since 1986, I believe. Um, we're looking forward to a really fast, youthful team, obviously, with their best player being the uh, Bayern Munich left back, Alfonso Davis. Unfortunately, I think now he's also a fitness doubt. So, again, it's a, it's a bit of a question mark. I mean, who's fit enough to play? Uh, similarly to Croatia, again, uh, they did fantastically well in the previous World Cup. Uh, but um, the current uh, Modric of now isn't Modric of four years ago. So uh, it's a. Are you it's sure a group about where, that? <laughs> exactly. Sure? So it's a group where the fit, I would say the fittest team would probably win. Belgium, unfortunately, I think the best chance for them to win something was probably four years ago or even the uh, European Championships uh, two years ago. Uh, but now with fitness and form, a big question mark. I'm not so sure. I think they still win the group, but I'm not so sure whether they'll go far uh, after that. But again, who knows? Suddenly they're players because they've got really a group, a good bunch of really skillful players, good players, technically gifted. So if they get fitness and they peak their form during the tournament, who knows? Uh, they can go far, but I don't see it happening though. Well, uh, I, I, I love uh, Croatia. I love Croatia, by yeah, the way. Who doesn't, you know? I've, got, I've got a very soft spot for Croatia from the days of Davo Zuka and Zvanove Boba and then and, and Dario Sumic. I just feel there's a certain steelness about Croatia. Yes, I agree with Astran that they are they're an aging team. And you would think that the last World Cup being in the final, unfortunately losing to France, uh, they've got Luka Modric who's like 37, but then behind him, you've got Kovacic, you've got Marcelo Brozovic. For me, there's, there's always a certain steelness about Croatians as a European nation. They they just, they fight, they fight for every bit of grass that they can find on that pitch. 
So for me, I I I have a strong feeling about Croatia, not just in this group, but actually in this World Cup. Uh, they, I've just always got a soft spot for them because I just think that they always, always punch above their weight. And they have the best shirt. And I, I asked uh, Boyan Hoda, the uh, manager now of KL City, a long time ago, how come, because he's Croatian, how come Croatia does so well with such a small population? He was saying that they, they grow up specializing and believing in team sports, that they, they want to understand their role in a team. Um, but Asran, do, do you have any views on this? The tale of two players. Eden Hazard was magnificent with Chelsea and is now not. What I don't know what happened there, but but Luka Modric, who is now, I'm quickly looking it up, the age of 73, is um still just just remarkable player. I mean, he could just stand there and just pass the ball the outside of his boot and he'd still be great. And What's happened to Eden Hazard? Yeah, personally, I think for me, it was the injuries because I believe Hazard, a fully fit Hazard, is still a fantastic player. I mean, we've seen him from Lille to Chelsea and even glimpses of his brilliance in Madrid. Unfortunately, uh, I think his body has unfortunately failed him. Uh, He's still in the squad though. Uh, But yeah, back to the question, can he really keep fit and can he peak form uh, in three weeks? Again, anything can happen, but I don't see it happening. But on the other side, as you mentioned, Modric has aged like fine wine, hasn't he? I mean, <laughs> uh, the way he plays, he is really the one. Again, for me, last year, uh, when uh, Real Madrid won the um, uh, Champions League, it was all, people talk about Benzema being the main man, but I think Modric behind the scene was arguably the, the, the one that sort of unlocked all the necessary defences for Real Madrid. And similarly for Croatia in the previous World Cup, how amazing was Luka Modric? Uh, yeah, again, mm. the question is at the age of 73, <laughs> does he still have the legs to play? Because in the World Cup, it's different from in the uh, in the club competitions, you know, where the, man- the manager is able to rest a few players in, in some of the uh, un- unimportant games, if I can put it. But whereas in the World Cup, games come every few couple of days and you want your best players to play. So... Modric playing every every couple of days. Can he do that? That's a big question. But again, I I, I understand where Arvin's coming from. Croatia has always shown that steel. It's just whether that steel is good enough uh, to go far yeah. in a couple of weeks. Uh, Arvin, you have one minute, if you need that long, to talk about Morocco. <laughs> uh, I think it's really the second appearance at this World Cup uh, in World Cup history. Uh, I think the last one was about 20 years ago. They've got a couple of Chelsea stars, but again, the Chelsea stars, again, you look at Hakim Ziyech, he hasn't really done it this season for, for Chelsea. Achraf Hakimi is one of the best right-backs that they have uh, in the world, plays for PSG. And then Roman Saiz, if you remember that burly centre-back, he's the captain of that squad. But other than that, I'm actually more excited for Canada rather than Morocco. Okay. Because uh, for me, Canada, Canada, they've got, they've got like what Astran said, that the youth that Canada has. Jonathan David was a player that... Leeds United were linked to it many seasons ago, but eventually he moved on to the French League One. Great, great goal scorer. And Alfonso Davis, the one that's had a bit of a health scare, very interesting that he plays at left back for Bayern Munich. But for Canada, he's pretty much almost a left winger striker type player, and he's their best player. So for me, um, Canada is the one to really look out for. But again, I expect the, the, the class of Belgium and Croatia just to make it through. Okay. So uh, we're going to uh, carry on to Group G uh, in in a moment here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9.
And we're back with Azran Rosane and Arvin Sidhu. And we're going through the final groups of this World Cup of football. We're on Group G now. Azran, uh, that is Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. One of those really stand out to me. <laughs> um, and we're probably going to talk about them quite a bit. I am I am getting persuaded that Brazil are real tournament potential winners in this World Cup. Uh, what do you think? I thought you were going to talk about Cameroon, but yeah. We we will. We will, for sure. We for <laughs> On a serious note, clearly, I think uh, Brazil is one of the favourites uh, for this World Cup. Uh, definitely a good squad, experienced all over. I think they've got choices in every single position. Um, yeah, so back again, I, I really like to see when it comes to the World Cup, the first game itself, because that gives us a bit of, a, of an idea how the team's going to progress, no? And the first game, in fact, is against... For me, Serbia is has uh, uh, an interesting to watch, an interesting team to watch. They've got the likes of, again, unfortunately, I think Mitrovic is a bit of a, a bit of a, um, a fitness doubt. But we've got the likes of Dusatadic, uh, Dusatblahovic, um, the Lazio player. I can't, I can't pronounce his name. Help me out. Sergei Milinkovic Savic. Milinkovic Savic, exactly. So they've got a good team. It's an exciting team to see. And again, can Serbia cause an upset in the first game or can Brazil show their class? Uh, if they were to win the World Cup, I think this first game, they'll see how well... I mean, I hope to see Brazil playing really well because I do want to see them progress. Again, if I were to look at the groups and everything else, it would be a fantastic semi-final match if it was going to be Brazil against Argentina. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, Brazil definitely favourites to win. Second place is probably between Serbia and Switzerland. Well-drilled team, you know how Switzerland is. Even in the World Cup, they exited without losing a game, I believe. No, So they lost in the, in the penalties, of course. So Switzerland experienced, uh, unfortunately for Cameroon, I think uh, they'll probably be the, the just the, the fourth place team. Yeah, we, we definitely need to talk about Brazil a bit more, but let's just jump to Switzerland. Switzerland are a team that consistently over the years, you sort of think, okay, whoever your favorite team, oh, they'll get past Switzerland. And then Switzerland proved to be a very difficult team to, to beat. They have uh, players from so many different backgrounds. They seem to have uh, styles that come from all over the place. Uh, how do you think this Switzerland will line up, Avin? Uh, they exceeded expectations at the last Euros. Let's not forget they knocked France out on penalties in the round of 16 the last time. They're always a very, very solid bunch. Not spectacular, but solid. Uh, you look at Damsgaard as, as a very, very tricky right winger. You've got Rasmus Christensen at right back. You've got Joachim Miller, one of the really, really, really prolific left backs that continuously provides them assist. But for Switzerland, the one concern that they have, and we and Des would love it if we talk about this a little bit more and we don't give enough focus on goalkeepers, they're sweating on the fitness of Jan Sommer. Jan Sommer is a key, key component of that back line as a goalkeeper with, with Borussia But We've seen that as well. He needs to be fit because he commands that, that defense so well. So I've always looked at Switzerland as a team that builds really strong from the back. They, they're solid. Uh, they get through it. At times, they, they get great scalps, like how they've knocked out France in the previous World Cup before eventually I think they succumb to Spain at that time. So Jan Sommer is key for them. Uh, but I agree, Asran. It's a battle between both them and Serbia. I have Serbia as actually my dark horses for this World Cup. Even I don't consider Croatia as a dark horse anymore because they were in the World Cup finals the last time, let's be honest. But for me, Serbia are a real dark horse because I think they're going to go really, really far. And Cameroon will just be the ones that all the other teams kind of pick, pick 
points off them, unfortunately. Sorry, Cameroon. Yeah, yeah. really. I, I was wondering, you sure Cameroon, in my mind, you see, when I first saw Cameroon, <laughs> was in 1990, Roger Miller, Roger Miller. just suddenly yeah. breaking through. And it's like, this is the finest team in the world. And um, I mean, they've not, no, Cameroon, no chance? Nah, not anymore. I think the golden generation of Cameroon, we, we haven't seen the new new generation, but yeah, I remember back then, 1990, Roger Miller. Um, uh, Rigoberto Song. Right? <laughs> so, still he's still there, yeah. isn't he? He's the manager now. <laughs> I, I believe so, yeah. But yeah. again, I don't see them anything but the fodder for the other teams. Talking about what Arvin mentioned, right? That's the difference between Switzerland and Brazil. Switzerland is really sweating on the fitness of Jan Sommer, whereas Brazil has got a choice of either Ellison or Edison, two fantastically, fantastic goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, obviously, I personally, I mean, you know, I, which 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 goalkeeper I prefer. But having said that, um, I think Edison, he's probably, I think as Guardiola said, you know, he's got ice in his veins. He's just super calm, really good with his feet. So talking about Brazil, and I think uh, what you mentioned, uh, Cam, you wanted to talk a bit more about Brazil. Really, I see them having so many options in the, all the different positions to the extent that, again, this year with, again, sorry, but moving back to Liverpool, but Roberto Firmino has probably carried Liverpool a bit in the, when, when Liverpool in troubled times. And yet he couldn't get into the team because they've got finishers, Junior, Martinelli. And I, because I, why I'm mentioning this too, because I don't think they will start. Because I think they will start with Rafinha, Richard Lisson and Neymar. I think this three will start, will start the first game against Serbia. And yet they've got Martinelli, Vinicius Jr. coming uh, off the bench. They've got Rodrigo. So, again, it's really a, a collection of riches. You mentioned South American teams not play, do not do well in World Cups held in Europe and vice versa. But being played in Qatar in, this, in November, December, I think it's anyone's game. And at this point of time, Brazil, with the squad that they have, and they haven't got any major injury doubts, look like they can go really, really far. I think a lot of experts or if you do I mean there was some mathematical calculations that was done by someone from the University of Oxford I think and uh, that also predicted Brazil win so I do see Brazil going really far and I hope to be able to see Brazil facing Argentina in the semi-finals with Argentina prevailing because I want to see Lionel Messi lifting the cup. Yeah that that is increasingly becoming the uh, hopeful view. Arvin, one more word on Brazil. Uh, so back in 1970, they dazzled the world with the Samba football. And then a uh, few, well, when was it? Last book? No, with few World Cups, they got utterly thrashed by um, uh, Germany, was it not? Mm. Which is still kind of puts them, they still feel shame. But I think that they've, they've not the word, not grown up, but they've become, they've become a different team and l- less naive. But how do you think they will set themselves up? What kind of Brazil do you think we will be watching? This is a very, very pragmatic Brazil with Chiche. And we always predict his name is pronounced Tite. It's actually Chiche. It's his final World Cup as well as the manager of Brazil. Losing the Copa America final at the Maracana against Argentina hurt. It hurt them badly because you've lost in the final. You've lost to your biggest rivals. Um, and that was the one trophy that Messi had finally obtained. And now it's given him that springboard to hopefully get to the World Cup now. But for me, this is a squad that's very drilled. Everyone knows their roles really, really well. Besides Roberto Firmino, you think about not making the squad. You think about Gabriel Magles at Arsenal, one of the best centre-backs in the season, along with William Saliba. That, that partnership, Gabriel didn't make the World Cup squad either. Uh, and, and Neymar, just like Messi, seems to be really in the form of his life right now. He's playing extremely well. 
And when you hear things like Vinnie Jr. coming out and saying they've understood the burden that Neymar's had to carry for so many years, but now this new generation is here to help him. The likes of Rodrigo, the likes of the likes of Rafinha, the likes of Vinnie Jr., the likes of Martinelli. You feel that 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 burden on Neymar that's always been there, and he's unfortunately got injured at a couple of the last two World Cups as well. It's going to liberate him a little bit more. So I put them down as favourites because I just feel that they all know their roles really, really well, better than any team in this World Cup. Oh, okay. So from this group, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon, uh, we're, all, we're all agreed that Brazil will get through. But what about the the uh, the second spot? Yeah, it's the game between uh, Serbia and uh, Switzerland. That is going to be the decider, I believe. Because I foresee Cameroon losing all their matches. And also it depends on who can get a point of Brazil. But again, really, the match between uh, Switzerland and Serbia, I would say, would define uh, who's going to go through. Uh, Switzerland. I was running yeah. on the fence there, not prepared to. Serbia. Um, Serbia for me. Okay. I want, and I want to see I want to go, I want to see Serbia, but I think Switzerland will go through based on their experience in this big competitions. I would like to see Mitrovic with a towering header against Brazil and just sort of like terrifying that uh, defensive line. Okay, let's move on then to the final group, which is Group H, and a very interesting group. Arvin, you've already called this the group of death. Portugal, yes. Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. Why the group of death for you? There's, it's just these four teams. There's so many narratives and stories when you look at what's happening in this World Cup with this group. And they've, and sometimes I think that how they've kind of saved that group to the last group. So you get through everything and then you get to the drama of this group. Obviously, with Portugal, you've got that huge thing now with Cristiano Ronaldo. What is the actual state of mind of this Portugal squad? It's really unfortunate because everything that they do, whether it's Ronaldo meeting Bruno Fernandes in the dressing room, doesn't seem to be hugging each other. They make it into a big deal. Ronaldo with Joe Concello on the training ground, kind of riling Joe Concello up. Is Joe Concello upset with Ronaldo? So they've got this huge unwanted distraction that they didn't need. And then when you think of Ghana and Uruguay, you think of the, that that situation that happened previously when Luis Suarez handball on the line, got sent off, stopped the goal from going in, and mm-hmm. then Asamo again missing the penalty for Ghana. The Ghanaians have never forgotten them, and they've mm-hmm. and they've waited a very long time to play Uruguay. And that's going to be very interesting. And then, of course, with South Korea, you've got that situation where Son Heung-min unfortunately had that that injury, that that facial injury, that left eye fracture. He's they've taken him to the squad. Paulo Bento has worked with his team for many years now and he's preparing Son at the later parts of that tournament. My concern for the Tegu Warriors is will they get there? Because I, I just feel this is a group of death for me. The other group is great with with uh, with, with Germany and Spain and, and Japan and all that. But for me, this is... I, I can't pick a winner out of these four, to be honest. That's right. We're going to... We'll, we'll carry on with this group uh, after the break. So, but I want to just... So jump to Ghana because I think Malaysians, if you want... If, you know, obviously we don't have Malaysia in the World Cup, but if you want to choose a team, you should choose Ghana yeah. because uh, they got independence in the same year as Malaya. And I've loved watching Ghana in the past, but I've, I've seen them uh, build... The build-up play has been magnificent and then they can't score. They just don't have a goal in them. Do, do you think Ghana can trouble? I don't know who we're talking about. Uh, Portugal, maybe not, but uh, Uruguay and South Korea. Again, I, somehow I think Portugal with the issues because even before the even before the well documented issues of Cristiano Ronaldo and that 
exclusive interview. Um, I sort of, in my again, personally, my opinion is that Portugal didn't really look as convincing as it could be. Obviously, they've got a bunch of, I, I really want to see again, World Cups, sorry to repeat myself, but I really like to see all these exciting young players showing and proving themselves on the world stage. Uh, there's one particular player that I want to see from Portugal, which is Rafael Leao of uh, AC Milan. But besides that, I think somehow it, it, they, it's, they're, they're reliant on a bunch of um, quite uh, like Cristiano Ronaldo, Pepe is probably going to start the heart of defence. Uh, Pe- Pepe is, is still there? Yeah. How old, still, how old is he? Still murdering people. <laughs> he's older than Madrid, 74, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't totally convinced. So, again, it would be exciting if Ghana can pull an upset, no? Uh, I don't see it happening, though. But, again, I probably I, I, I see where I've been coming from. My, my view of the group of death is because, really, uh, for me, it was uh, Germany, Spain, and whatnot. But this group is probably well-balanced in that sense because even Korea can pull an upset, Ghana can pull an upset. So, in that sense, perhaps I see it. Uh, but probably... Let's talk in, in, in big competitions. It's all about experience as well. And uh, yeah, I see Portugal pulling through. Uh, Ghana, yeah, as much as we like to see it, I don't see them getting a point uh, mm. against the first game against Portugal. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, but uh, in a moment, we'll just conclude this group and then we're going to look at the overall World Cup. And I'm going to ask the guys to uh, think about some key players that are going to pop up, perhaps some names we don't yet know and uh, and who they think is going to win or lose dramatically here on Just For Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just For Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just For Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back on the final part of Just For Kicks. The World Cup has begun. How exciting is that? And uh, we're just going to conclude, have some final words on Group H, which... uh, Arvin has been calling the group of death. Cristiano Ronaldo, Arvin, it requires a few more words. <laughs> is it possible? Is it possible that he will? Because he has the ability to sort of grab a team or grab a game by the scruff yeah. and just have, yeah. impose himself and be firing balls from a distance, leap headers and everything. Is there any chance that we've been talking about this as being potentially Messi's World Cup? Could it be Cristiano Ronaldo's World Cup? He loves the situation he's in right now because he knows the fact that there's no future at Man United. And in that interview, unfortunately, with Piers Morgan that we we still have to bring up, he did speak about how the media has kind of twisted the words and said that there's no club interested in him, but there has been clubs. This is his shop window. And for me, he is someone that thrives on that hatred. He thrives on that criticism because that's what's fueled him. It's fueled him in his career from his days in, in Man United at the beginning when he was accused of diving too much and he was accused of play acting. He went on and did what he did, one World Player of the Year at Man United, at Real Madrid as well. He had to kind of get through that that whole messy shadow and still continuously lead Madrid to the wins that they did, especially in the Champions League. Yes, it hasn't worked out the second. It very rarely works out when a player goes back to an old club. We've seen it in many, many situations. And for this scenario, it's I feel there's blame on both sides. But he will look at this World Cup as, this is my shop window. If I'm not going to be able to play with Man United in 2023, January is the window. This is where I show the rest of the Europe that I can still do it. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit that if he still does it, because reinventing himself as a player, I struggle to think anyone that's kind of done that in the last decade as well as Ronaldo. We didn't speak about Uruguay though. The Uruguay for me, uh, very exciting. They've got the senior players in that squad 
the Diego Godins, the Martin Caceres, the Luis Suarez, the Edison Cavani. But then they've got a very young, exciting group of players as well. Ronald Araujo, Vadico Valverde, Rodrigo Bentacor. So Uruguay, another one to look out for in this World Cup. But whatever happens, all three games, everyone will talk about Ronaldo when he plays all three teams. Yeah, because he has the, the highest in, uh, international goal scorer. And and also the most followed man on Instagram, half a billion followers. I mean, wow. and speaks, 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 speaks volumes anyway. Yeah. Okay, so Azran, <clears throat> uh, concluding words on this group, who do you think is going to get through? Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. I presume you want uh, your old friend um, Suarez to get through, the Hannibal Lecter of football. Uh, so, <laughs> Not just Suarez, Nunes, we've got a new Hannibal Lecter. Uh, which who do you think think is going to get through for me experience matters Uh, again basically the World Cup what I like to see is definitely young players finally showing themselves on the world world stage but also a swan song for some of the big players so back to your question um, experience matters so Portugal with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo playing in arguably his last major tournament it has to be come on I mean come on it has to come on it has to be even then I don't think he will uh, let the stage alight I don't don't see it he'll be a steady presence but not I don't see him you know performing as well as he did in the previous um, uh, edition so Portugal first for me and Uruguay second Okay. 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 Let's give a, <clears throat> we've got a few minutes left. Let's have a look at an overview of the World Cup. Um, a lot of people, Arvin, are talking about Argentina as being the uh, eventual winners. And producer Daryl, he, he, I had a look the other day, he, he put the chart out, his guesses for how the thing would progress. And if his guesses came true, it would mean that Argentina, in order to win, would have to beat along the way possibly England, France, Brazil. New York Cosmos. I mean, everybody, basically, yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> in order to win. What do you think, Argentina? Yeah, I, I believe that they are up there because they, they've shown their capability at the Copa America to be able to finally get it. Uh, Lionel Scully, when he was given the Argentina job, he took over a team really in turmoil with a lot, a lot of pressure from the fans in, in Argentina itself. But he's turned them into a unit and he's turned them into a unit where the dependency on Messi isn't as much as it used to be got great supporting cast. Lautaro Martinez is a great fodder for, 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 for Messi up front. Then you look at the back, you've got uh, Nicolas Otamendi, maybe a little bit suspect. But then in midfield, you've got Rodrigo de Paul, Angel Di Maria as well. He's definitely his last World Cup. He scored at the final of the Copa America. He will take it and he will want to do well as well. So they're up there. They, they're up there with Brazil. I just, for me, I, I just put Brazil slightly above them because... I just feel they're more of a unit. Like I said, they know their roles and they would have taken a huge, huge hit from losing that Copa America final. So for me, Brazil's slight favourites, but if Argentina do it, it wouldn't surprise me. And look out for Enzo Fernandez, a really good youngster for the Argentinian squad. A lot of teams are looking at him. Uh, Liverpool, I hear some reports. Man United as well. Great young midfielder. That's one to really look out for as a young player in the World Cup. Asran, I want to follow up on the young player thing because you, you've been talking about how you're interested in the young players. Are there any uh, are young players that that, that that we should look out for that whose names we're perhaps not familiar with but who are going to be perhaps household names? Yep. Um, first and foremost, let's go uh, the different groups. Uh, Netherlands is obviously favourites for that group and I would like to see Cody Gakpo, the left winger from PSV Eindhoven. He's played tremendously well for PSV in the Eredivisie this year. So hopefully he'll be able to translate in that in the big stage. Uh, England, the likes of Foden and Saka, we want to see them really. Uh, again, I would like to see Saka start as well somehow. Uh, 
again, but probably Gerasal Viet is going with his tried and tested Raheem Sterling, but I'd rather prefer Saka play, uh, to be honest. Uh, and uh, Rafael Leao from Portugal. I think he's probably going to upshine, uh, outshine um, Cristiano Ronaldo in the Portuguese squad. Uh, that's what I would like to see. So these are some of the names I would say. And uh, Spain, the Pedri and Gavi, of course. Now they're no longer unknowns. But to be able to see them in the world's biggest stage would, would be nice to see. Mm. Okay, and, uh, and sorry, one more one more name we forgot. Obviously, uh, this World Cup is obviously the swan song of Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. But we've got another person who's probably going to take over their mantle as the GOAT, you know, which is uh, Kylian Mbappe. So no. Kylian Mbappe has got, especially with Benzema now out of the World Cup, has got the attacking uh, responsibilities for France. Uh, I mean, he's done well. He's no longer, uh, uh, he's obviously a household name now, not no longer an unknown, but this might be the World Cup that Kylian Mbappe shines through. Uh, I see France going far, uh, semis at least. So yeah, Mbappe as well. Arvin, um, to humour me, uh, as we as we conclude our rundown, uh, England. I support England in these things. Perennial quarterfinal, get beaten on penalties, team how, how how do you think uh do you think england's had a chance because really, yeah. it's i mean they're, they're talked about so much compared to the rest of the world right they the, the, the me and i think the media doesn't help in that scenario they got over that penalty hoodoo when they knocked out um colombia at the last world cup so gareth Salke has shown that the team knows how to how to take penalties at has he though has he though against yeah, Italy? I, mean, I mean come on they've got a, they've <laughs> that was got the a, worst penalty shooter i've but, ever but seen I, but the one thing I, I I hope he has learned, and I hope the squad has learned, is when you look at the two finals that they were, I mean, the, the semis and the finals that they were in, the semis against Croatia at the last World Cup, and then the finals against Italy at the Euros, they took the lead in both those games. And that shows that they know how to rattle it on. My concern is with England is when they do that, they go back into their shell because it, yeah. it reminisces me as what Gareth Southgate was as a player. We score one, great, let's sit back, protect it. He's got a good enough squad to go out there and express themselves. Jude Bellingham, Phil Foden, they're so creative. Saka, they, they, there's so much creativity in that squad. There's no reason why. Kieran Trippier, for me, one of the most creative right-backs in the world. There's no reason why they can't go on for the juggler. So I, I just want to see a more adventurous Southgate. I want to see a more positive Southgate. And I hope it does. But it's very difficult to do that, Cameron. You have conditioned yourself in such a manner for two consecutive tournaments to just turn it on like that. But hey, we can hope, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, we, we've we've done the, the, the rundown. The tournament has begun. I'm beginning to get excited about this World Cup. How about you guys? They're nodding their heads and grinning. I'm very so, I'm, I'm psyched. Yeah, and you're not going to get any sleep, Azran. Uh, Arvin, Arvin. Uh, Azran might get a little bit more sleep. So, well, thank you uh, to Arvin Sidhu and Azran Rosane. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the World Cup. Exactly. Enjoy the World Cup. After yeah. the excitement over the weekend, uh, more excitement coming up uh, for the next month. Yes. Thank goodness we have football. And <laughs> please join us as the tournament progresses here on Just For Kicks on BFM 89.9. Shots is one way, Salah's the other. He's on an old Trafford hat-trick here, Mo Salah. And he catches the moment. For more football, tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8pm. Just For Kicks on BFM 89.9. 
You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.